Hello and welcome back to episode 20 of the Double Cross Podcast. I am DJ Cadden and I'm joined by my co-host Ryan Haley and a very special guest, Max Rigo. Boys, the Masters is two, three days away at this point. How are we feeling? Uh, I, I can't speak for Matt. This is all I've been thinking about since the match play. Like since I think uh since rory made the putt to beat xander in like the quarterfinals of the match play and it was like rory scheffler burns and young going into sunday this is like all i've been thinking about it's like all right cool like number one number three in the world that like look in form <laughs> sorry to the valero open you matter to someone i swear but i was pretty tuned out this week a lot of augusta national women's amateur a lot of masters thoughts yeah same deal i'm uh pretty raring to go um was excited to see uh, see the Anwa this weekend, get a quick look at the course. I know it's going to play a little differently this week with some of the weather, but um, that's become one of my, you know, one of the better viewing experiences of the year. Um, and, you know, it's it's exciting. Yeah. I feel like there's three guys playing really well and, you know, a lot of, a lot of other guys who really could find themselves <laughs> all over the place. So, yeah, are you guys, are you guys playing well and eighty-seven other golfers. <laughs> um, no, but also shout out Rose Zhang before we keep going. What a what a gutsy gutsy win. I mean, that was w- like whiffs whiffs of Greg Norman through like the first like fifteen holes, like having a five-stroke lead, kind of just bleeding back to the field, hitting a ball in the water on fifteen. Um, but I mentioned this on Twitter for a second, and I don't want to hold this up too much. It's meant to be a master show, but I uh, mentioned this on Twitter. It's always most impressive to me when like a golfer has a big lead, loses it all, and then still finds a way to win. Because I feel like if you start with like a five-stroke lead and you look up and you're tied, I have to feel like things are moving so quickly in your brain. It's just so impressive to like, basically reset, understand that it's a tie tournament, you still have a chance to win, rather than like mourning the big lead you had. Yeah, the ANWA was amazing. Watching uh uh Rose go into Champions Retreat and go what, what was she thirteen under with a bogey over thirty six holes is just unreal. Champions Retreat is not an easy course and going thirteen <laughs> Max, under is yeah. insane. Max had to tell me to take a walk on Thursday because I texted him I was like, "Is Rose Zhang the best women's player in golf?" And he was like, "Go for like go outside, Ryan, please." Who <laughs> <laughs> was listen fr- prisoner of the moment? Hand up there, but. I wanted I wanted it to be known. I want to hold myself accountable on air. I did I did text that sentence to someone unironically. Yeah, I mean she played great. It was, yeah, it was a, it was pro- probably the best. In my opinion, I think it's the best AWA so far. Oh, all the endings have been awesome. Fossey yeah. and Cupcho battling, or Latana Stone trying to hold on last year, um, over Anna Davis. They've all been they've all been really good. So Agreed. all right. Without further ado, there's a big golf tournament this week in Augusta, gentlemen. Um where do we want to start? <laughs> I don't know where to start. Do we I mean, do we start at the top? Um, do we start talking about the course or the event? Do, do you want to start on 13? Yes. Okay. Uh well, I'm pulling some stuff up. I'm gonna let you Okay. Talk about 13. okay, uh 13th hole. I want to talk a little bit about the course before we get into players. Uh Max, they lengthened the third 13th hole by about 50 yards. Uh Billy Horschel said he's probably gonna lay up all four days. I think Dustin Johnson said he's probably gonna lay up most of the time on this hole. Um 
thoughts on the 13th playing like a legitimate risk reward again? Yeah, I mean, I like it. I don't didn't like them lengthening the 15th. I thought that was a little over the top. I like seeing guys decide whether to go for it or lay it up there. Um, I think now the decision is a lot, is really out of their hands unless you get a really good drive. I think on 15, I think on 13, it's going to lead to a lot more long irons into that green, which that green is really meant for a long iron because of the slope. We're able to hit a high towering long iron versus a little lower. If you have a higher ball flight, if you're able to shape it a little better into that green, then you have an advantage. Um, so I think it rewards more creativity, shot shaping, long iron play, which again are the skills that I think are the most important um, when winning a Masters. And I think that's that's one thing you have to to balance is when handicapping it is guys looking at guys who are playing well, but also guys whose games fit the course. You know, there's a certain amount of creativity and artistry that you need. And I think 13, the changes there, I think bring that kind of back uh, a little bit, which I think is definitely a good thing. Um, I, I am a little surprised hearing seeing DJ say that um, in the, in a tournament, if he's, two or three shots back and he has 230 yards in. It's hard for me to believe that he'll lay up, but um, yeah, I, I think that um, again, he's one of the better wedge players uh, on the planet. So make birdie that way, but yeah. I will be interested in seeing, you know, 220 yards, you know, if you're leading by one trailing by two, the decision that goes into, you know, whether you want to go f- give it a rip and try and make Eagle or try and, you know, guarantee par, uh, and it'll change, I think, depending on the pin, so which would be interesting. Yeah, if I could piggyback, and I don't know if this is the exact reasoning you have, but uh, love to hear if you agree or disagree, but I think to kind of piggyback on your comments on 15, I think part of why I wanted 13 to be lengthened is so much of the teeth of that hole comes in from the decision and the decision alone. Like that green, once you've decided to go, you still have to hit the shot. There's like areas to bail like you have raised creek but you can go left like the green once you get up there is receptive toward long irons um and the difference between a long iron and a mid iron or this the difference between hitting a three iron or six iron to 13 is big but like i felt like 15 was such a more precise test of that iron shot that i feel like even if guys are up on top of that hill hitting a seven iron instead of a three iron like Jack Nicholas was. It's still a, such a precise thing. You have to, you have the shelf, you have the front, false front on the front, leaning back into the pond, and you have the back repelling everything back towards the water on 16, which you might not get all the way back there, but you'll be pretty far. Um, I feel like 15 demanded a much more precise iron shot, even with shorter clubs in, that I, I think I'm kind of with you there on. Like, I don't really, didn't, I didn't really see a problem with the way 15 had played in the past. And I think part of that is because of the way the greens are structured, much more emphasis on distance control, a little bit more precise while 13, it kind of felt like it was a lot about the drive and getting yourself in position. Totally. Yeah, I, uh, I agree. I think, uh, there's different holes, different, uh, different greens. Um, yeah, I am, I'm excited to see, to see 13. I think it'll be a really, really good one. It always determines, I think the winner, um, you know, it's one of the holes that I think defines who wins the tournament. And uh, I think this year will be even more pronounced. So. Yeah. Um, well, I don't want to bury the lead too far. Uh, we've all, I think all three of us have mentioned at certain points. Um, golf seems to have a pretty defined 
trio right now at the top, which I don't want to get too far into it. I can I, DJ knows I can get on tangents about Rory if I really want to. Can we acknowledge how ridiculous it is that this is like the fourth big three that Rory's been a part of in the last like eight years, ten years? Like it was like him, Spieth, and Day, him, DJ, and um, I guess it was like him, Spieth, and Day, him, DJ, and Day. Um, it was like him, like it was some in like 2019, 2020, it was like him, Rom, and uh, Kepka. And now it's like him, Rom, and Scheffler. Like it's just like this is like the fourth time we've had like three guys, and Rory's one of them. But it, Scotty Scheffler, John Rom, Rory McElroy kind of feel like they're coming in head and shoulders above everybody else. Uh, they definitely are from a statistical perspective. Um, I know we have more questions. We're going to get onto this DJ out of those three players going into this week. Do you have a lean on any of them that you like particularly, or is there any way to kind of differentiate between them other than just personal preference? Or do you think there are some statistical advantages that some of these guys have other than the fact that like Scotty Scheffler's won here before? Yeah, other than Scotty having a green jacket, I think you could pick either of those guys or any of those guys, and it would – I mean, nobody's going to be mad at you. Rory, Rahm, and Scheffler are by far the best golfers on the planet right now, and both – are all three playing unreal golf. Um, Scotty's coming off a win last week. But, I mean, you could pick any of those guys, and I don't think anybody would call you crazy, obviously. Yeah, I agree. Um, Max, I know this is, I think you're the one that kind of brought this up and uh, planning the episode or not. Um, and we can get into more how we feel about the three of them against each other in a second. But do you feel like there's a legitimate debate to be had about Scotty, Rahm, and Rory versus the other 86 guys in the field? I would say no. I think those okay. three are playing the best golf, but I think it's hard to say that they're they're clear like those are the three best players but i don't think there are some guys who are not that far behind who i could see contending who have history at the course and can can get it done i, I are you think, are you staring at a big picture of jordan speed as you're talking about this no no i'm not <laughs> um i am i am just thinking you know this is kind of a debate over um you know, Tiger versus the field, it feels like. And these, I mean, maybe combine these three guys, they have the, 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 the six majors. Tiger had in his prime one fourteen, one of the 15th, 11 years later. Um, it just feels a little, a little premature, maybe to say it's only going to be one of these three guys. Although if I had to pick, like these three guys are the first three guys I would think of. Um, mm -hmm. But I think there are other guys who are playing, not maybe not quite as well. Um, who, who will have a shot? And to say, I mean, Rory's one of the top three, but I think Scheffler and Rom have had better seasons to this point. Uh, pretty clearly, one has three. One has three wins. One has two wins. Rom has three. Scheffler has two. Rory has had two really close calls, but uh, and then a win in the Middle East. But I think, um, yeah, I think those are the three. But I think there's a lot of guys behind who are, you know, chomping at the bit. DJ, do you agree with that sentence? Disagree with that sentence? Do you think there is any uh, debate top three versus the field? I feel like it is top three versus the field. Um, I mean, I think one of those three guys will win the tournament. I mean, it's hard to pick against those guys. It's just really hard. 
especially with Scheffler coming off a win, defending champion. Rom is probably the best golfer on the planet right now, in my opinion. And then Rory. I mean, Rory's winning, so that's I mean that's all I gotta say there. Here, here. Um I do have like one question. I kind of want to go person by person and then get into um how we feel amongst the three of them near the end. But I want to start uh, with one guy in particular. Um, and I texted uh, Max about this the other day. Um, do you guys feel like John Rahm is getting forgotten manned a little bit? This guy won three tournaments in a row in January and February. Hasn't He's very clearly not trending in the same direction Rory and Scotty are. Scotty has won... Uh, we won the players pretty recently, nearly won the Arnold Palmer, nearly won the match play. Rory nearly won the Arnold Palmer, nearly won the match play. Um, and I think those recent results have kind of covered up the fact that John Rahm, it's been like, what, seven weeks since he won a tournament? But if you look into it, the driver was really bad at the Arnold Palmer. Like, not going to make an excuse for it. But he really like he shot an opening round 71 at Sawgrass where he lost like almost two and a half strokes putting and then withdrew with a stomach illness and then went one and two in the match play where it seemed like he struggled with his irons for one round. But other than that, just match play is strange. You can play a good round and kind of get beaten. Um, and he had a very, very solid group. I tweeted that it might have been the most dangerous in the field before it start before the tournament started. Um do you is there any worry at all that we're so I think obviously Rory's hype train going into Augusta is always out of control with a slam on the line and Scotty Scheffler being the defending champion who has two wins and is statistically playing better than he was last year when he won by three. Is there any concern that John Rahm could almost be coming in under the radar for a guy that like DJ and I had a legitimate debate after the after the Genesis invitation or we said is it are we in a John Rahm versus the field situation at Augusta? And like had a five minute conversation about it. I feel like he's almost coming in under the radar. Do you guys feel like he is? Uh, yeah, I, I think you could say that. Um, like you said, he's not training in the same direction as Rory and Scotty, who are just in another stratosphere right now. But I mean, this is a guy that has a major. Is the number what is he number three right now? Number two. Number he's two. top three in the world. Oh, uh, three. He's three. in the world right now. He's never finished worse than T27 at the Masters in six appearances. So, I mean, it. I I think he is coming in under the radar compared to those two. But, I mean, I give him just as good a shot, if not better, to win the tournament. Yeah, I think um, he's coming a little under the radar. I think a lot of that is the players' withdrawal. Um, obviously, it seems like he's recovered physically from that. It's been a pretty – long while since but um yeah i think uh he he seemingly has a great game for augusta he has never really contended um he's had i believe he's got four top tens in his career there a lot of them have been you know four or five shots back on the back nine never really had a shot um but i mean if you can get the driver figured out even at riviera he was struggling off the tee if you can get the driver figured out with augusta with its width is really helpful for guys who are struggling a bit off the tee he can get it in play. His iron play is awesome. He's obviously a great, you know, greater on the greens, clutch putter. Um, I definitely, like, he will be part of the final three groups, I think, on Sunday. Um, that's a pretty, that's a pretty 
solid guarantee, I think, uh, on that front. But it, a little under the radar, I would say, for being the number two player in the world, probably. Um, but I think, uh, yeah, I mean, Tiger said after Riviera, you know, this guy's the best player in the world right now. Um, maybe not the second he's he's taking a backseat to Scotty, but um, I think he's he's deservedly one of the one of the three favorites. And in my eyes, I would not be shocked to see him, you know, wearing that green jacket on Sunday. Absolutely not. Yeah, I mean, the word value is kind of going to be never fully used with any of these guys. But like every book I've seen is like Scotty and Rory are like seven, seven and a half to one, and Rom is like hovering around nine. So it feels like he's definitely the third wheel right now. Um, Rory, uh, doing, yeah, I, I'll go Scotty first. Cause I feel like we're going to save Rory for closer to the end because that is, that might go long. Um, do you, how scary is it that he's like mathematically playing better than he was last season? Scary? I don't know if scary is the term, but yeah. Well, like if you were like another player in the field, I think he's might be, he might be the best course fit for Augusta out of like the biggest stars in the game. In terms uh... of like in terms of his ability to combine, I think the two biggest tests at Augusta are iron precision and scrambling, the ability to get yourself out of trouble. And the ability to hit your ball to not only the right, not only hit it on the green, but to the right tier of the green and control your distance really well. Um, and I think there are a couple guys that fit that mold really well. Obviously, Spieth, that's his bread and butter as well. Um, but I think Scotty's kind of taken like a bit of an, I think he's eked out a little bit over those guys in terms of like who is the best at this. And Scotty's not the most accurate driver of the golf ball, and this has been said ad nauseum, especially when you look at how many green jackets Phil has, that you can get away with spraying it off the tee a little bit here. So do you have someone else that comes to mind for a better course fit? Um, no, I, I was – I thought you – yeah. I, for some reason, thought you were talking about Rory, but – um, No, no yeah, sorry. I would, um, yeah, no, I would say Scotty is the best fit. Him and Spieth um, have the two – I would say best games for Augusta of any of these guys. I would argue JT has a great game for Augusta. Again, he hasn't really contended in yeah. one yet, which is a little surprising for me. Um, obviously, I mean, I think DJ has a great game for Augusta. Um, having won it in the past, I just don't know where the game is right now. Uh, I think Cam Smith, again, has a great game for Augusta, a really creative player. Again, I don't know where the game is. And then, you know, the, the past champion, I mean, yeah, we all know how good Tiger's game is built for Acosta, how well he knows that course, but where's the leg? Where's the health? And then with Phil, where's the game? He's shown no signs of that in the last, you know, since he won the PGA. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of the guys who have really good histories, I don't really know the status of their games besides Scotty and Spieth, really. Um, you know, I'm more bullish on, on DJ and Cam than maybe some of the other past champs, but still don't really know where their games are at right now. Um, but yeah, I would say Scotty is, is deservedly, I would, I have him as the, I, as my, per, you know, I say he should be the favorite uh, odds wise. I, I think um, him and Rory are kind of tied and Ron right behind, but yeah, I would say those two. And then it's uh, or those three, Scotty, Ron, Rory, and it's, hit, pick your poison with those three. And, but I think there are other guys uh, you can choose that have, good games for this place. 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, obviously, Scotty has great game for Augusta. Won it last year. DJ has course record, uh, lowest lowest tournament score. But yeah, I mean, I think they're all built well for Augusta. But I think Scotty out of those three would be the best course fit. Do we think there's any do do you think being the defending champion and that expectation is going to affect Scotty in any way? Because I think there was a little benefit. I mean, clearly, I picked him not to win on this podcast last year. So a little maybe I'm too much in my own frame of mindset. But I feel like for a guy who'd won three times in the last two months before this tournament last year, he was still coming in pretty unheralded by like most of golf media and was able to kind of get away under the radar until he was leading by five on Friday night. Um, do you think there's any like do you think the extra microscope this time around of being a defending champion and having the responsibilities of that and having that focus, do you think it's going to affect him in any way? Because I think his personality sets up well for that. I think he's got a good support system around him and isn't really someone to get bothered by stuff like that. But do either of you think it could be a concern? I'm not really worried at all. I mean, he sees more and the more feels like level headed guys on tour. And I mean, he, I mean, he, obviously it's not the same scale, but he defended a title or almost defended a title two weeks ago. So, I mean, I'm not really worried about it. He's playing some of the best golf probably the best golf in the world right now, if not second best golf in the world right now. So I'm not really, not really worried about it. He did also like nearly win a U.S. Open as the Masters champion. So, yeah. Um, I would say I, I think it'll affect him. I think it has to. It's, it's human nature, you know? It's, it's done in. three times ever. That's like, it's yeah. not easy. Yeah. I think, um, you know, it's, a lot going on champions dinner media availability extra you know extra extra just stuff going on this week you know you're reminiscing in your win last year um hearing stories you know last year i remember he said in the press rooms after he won you know he said to his wife that morning you know i'm not ready for this like i can't handle this pressure and his wife like kind of calmed him down almost so yeah he's like he's prone to emotions and no one else no one isn't um yeah i think it'll affect him but i think he's able to and once he gets on the golf course i think it's possible to for him to compartmentalize and and you know go to that zone where he's just chipping in from all over the place and holding clutch pots and got ted scott in the bag which is a huge resource for him so i think yeah i think it'll affect him but i think it's how he reacts to it is going to be the, you know, the story. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it could be like a bit of like a two sided as everything is with me, uh, two sided of like, I think it'll affect him early in the week. And then I think when he gets on the golf course on Thursday, it might make his life easier. Cause I think it might like the golf course might be some kind of respite, but I do more than any other course. I feel like playing Augusta as a past champion for the first time has to be like, you feel like you're playing your first masters again, like in terms of the amount of responsibilities that come with a green jacket, the number of like traditions champions dinner, like we said, hosting that new locker room. Um, I feel like more than any other course, this one would feel like you're playing the masters for the first time again. Um, this is a very different comparison, but I know uh, Xander Shoffley talked a lot about like when he won twice as a rookie, 
his second season felt like another rookie season because he was getting into more events that he never played before. It was getting media availability he didn't really get. So I could see a way that it's like very ups- unsettling Monday through Wednesday, but I think he's so in form right now that I wouldn't really worry about his level of preparation. And then I think that he, like once he gets on the course, it could be kind of a respite for him. This was the question I told Max I wanted to ask him a question before we got on the podcast. Um, and I wanted to oh, get his God. reaction live during it. So I have a question for you. I think the obvious answers to all of these, I think there's always a tier in terms of like, what would be the most historically significant Masters win? Um, and there's always the tier, Tiger himself. Uh, I think Rory and Phil, if Phil were to somehow to do it, I think you can kind of talk. I, I personally think you can kind of toss away Phil, but if you want to live in the world where Phil could win the Masters, I think Rory and Phil, for what they would mean historically, are two. Max, what do you think would be a more historically significant result for golf? Scotty Scheffler becoming the fourth Masters champion to go back-to-back and winning his second major? Or Jordan Spieth winning his first major in six years? Wow. Because I, like, I feel like these are the only other two that would be, like, historically significant, other than, like, a live golfer winning, but we'll get there. Yeah, I think not to be a Spieth homer, which I am. Um I think I'm going to go with Spieth. Um, four majors is a big deal. Ties Rory. Um, tie, you had to, tie you had to throw Kepka. that in there. Tie him with Kepka. Um, would get to within two of Phil, um, which is crazy. Four is so many. Four is yeah. so many. No, it's I think it's Spieth because that would be two two Masters. It would be a gap of eight years between his first Masters and his second Masters. I want to look this up, but that's pretty close to a record. I know uh, Nick Faldo might be I think up there between the one that comes third. to mind for me is Crenshaw. I think Crenshaw went like yeah. 84 and 95 maybe. Yeah. But yeah. So it would be a big, still be a pretty big gap. Huge. Yes. Um, and it would be his, you know, announcement that he's back. He had a, you know, a drought there for four years, didn't win a tournament uh, after the open in 2017. And he had a good year in 2021 contended at two majors could have easily could have actually won those two majors a couple things go his way makes a couple more putts last year didn't really have his best year in the majors um but still you know won a tournament it was still one of the world's best he wins a major this year he's back and that's a big deal because you know i think he's the he's the still the young american hope that golf fans have it's he's always going to be that he's always going to be that you know hotshot kid who was 19 years old holding bunker shots and contending at the Masters when he was 20. Um, that's just his you know, aura. And if, he, if he's able to get it done this week, it just adds to the, the legend. I think a, a second Masters is a, is a big, big deal. DJ? You agree? I think I'll have to go speed. Yeah, I mean... Like I said, four majors is a lot. Yeah, I I agree. I I mean, two masters, four majors. I mean, you were one of the best golfers all the time. There's just no argument. Yeah, no, there are. um, Like, like, like we said, four is so many. Like, I think it's like tied for thirteenth most in the modern era. Um, Winning another masters, I, I, I just think the tiebreaker is. I think the tiebreaker in my head is I don't have, if you like, I use this analogy all the time and I'm not sure I want to keep doing it, but like if, if you, 
if you like forced me to pick right now, like with my life on the line, like is Scotty Scheffler going to win another major? I would say yes, like without thinking about it. If you ask me like with my life on the line, is Jordan Spieth going to win another major? I would pause. And I feel like the guy that had Max, are you shaking your head or is that? All right. Listen, well, we can have this conversation another day, but I would pause. And I feel like not only is the gap between one and two not as big as the gap between three and four historically, um, I think one of these guys has very clearly been in a tougher spot over the last half decade. And I think that combination makes it like, I think Spieth is very clearly like outside of Rory and like the dream scenarios of Tiger and Phil. I think Spieth would be the most historically significant win. Agreed. Yeah. Do we want to do some, uh, drafting scenes yeah yeah we can um uh so dj and i started this last year i think we started with the masters last year um where we draft teams of five uh going down the odds board we have little tiers of guys um our first player our lead player is anybody below 20 to 1 to win the tournament um our our second player is anyone let me make sure i'm getting this right anyone between 20 and 40 to 1 you know, we pick two players between 40 and 60 to one, excuse me. And the one guy above 60 to one. So we're all going off the same odds boards. We're pulling them off DraftKings. Uh, typically we go by who won last, which I believe was me at the players. Um, DJ, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. I think you won. Okay. You won everything except like one last year. So. All right. But because we have a guest this time around, I'm going to throw us in a little list randomizer real fast and get a, a little random order for the three of us. Um, so let's see what this spits out. All right, Max, guest gets first pick. DJ second, me third. Uh, we'll go in a little serpentine order. Um, Max, you get the top of the board, first pick. I'm pretty sure I know who you're going to take. Yeah, I'm going to go with Scotty. Spending um, champ. Yep. Yeah. Best fit for the course. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Scotty. Yeah, that feels that feels pretty slam dunk is one one. Um DJ, I also feel like I know who you're gonna pick with your second pick. Yeah, I'm gonna take Rory McElroy. It's my pick to win the tournament. Yeah. I feel like I have to I feel like I yeah. have to pick Rory. I think we'll uh we'll get to Rory if we have enough time with Max here at the end, but uh, I know DJ and I are going to for sure. Um I think it might be. I think I might be with you there, DJ. I think he's both of our picks to win. Uh, I'm going to take John Rahm. Uh, I'm staring long and hard in Jordan Spieth. He's 16 to one. He's still in this odd range, but I think that the tier of play that these three players are on, and despite Jordan Spieth's great course history at Augusta, John Rahm has a really good course history at Augusta, and I think that like the difference between their records is not large enough for me to overlook how much better John Rahm has been so far this year, as good as Spieth's been. Um, so I get the first pick in the next range. Ah, hmm. Okay, so loaded range. The player players available from uh twenty to forty, I believe twenty to forty five, twenty to forty, are Justin Thomas, Tony Finau, Xander Shoffley, Jason Day, Dustin Johnson, Colin Morikawa, Cameron Smith, Max Homa, Cameron Young. Will Zalatoris, Victor Hovland, Sung Jay, Sam Burns, Hideki, Corey Connors, and Brooks Kepka. God, wow, Brooks shot up a lot with that live win. Um, I have been championing Jason Day as a pick here 
for forever. And I feel I it I am staring at Colin Morikawa, but I feel like I have to go Jason Day. It's really chalky. I feel like I've been saying it as much as everyone else has been over the last couple of weeks, but his form combined with if if Morikawa had shown more form at Augusta in the past, I think he'd be a slam dunk pick in this range. But last year had like the backdoor fifth place finish with a great round playing with Rory. Um, I don't know if it's quite enough for me to fully trust Morikawa here yet. Am I next? DJ is next. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Um, more are you writing these down, DJ? Or? What? Are you writing these down, or am I? Um. Yeah, I can do it. Hold on. I got him. Hold on. All right. Mm, Jason Day, that's, that's been my guy for a couple of weeks now, but right, this is a loaded group of guys. I feel like Jason Day has become like the hipster startup in like golf prediction community where it's like no like he, this is my dude i've been on this block and it's like yeah we all have since like mid-february <laughs> like and you have masters top 10 machine Corey connor's coming off a win um give me i didn't want to take a live guy but give me cam smith oh oh Max, you gonna let him do that to you? It's terrible. He played well last week in Orlando. I'm, won the Open last year. I'm trusting him this week. Yeah, yeah. It was a great performance. That noted great course, Orange County National, <laughs> not in Orlando. Um, yeah, I was gonna pick Cam. Love his game for Augusta. I'm gonna go with the other Cam, Cameron Young. If it gets soft, he can bomb it. Um, like his game. Was a little surprised at him making a run at the match play just because I don't know how much his game is built on creativity. And that's a course that demands it. And that's encouraging for his chances at Augusta. And especially if it's soft, that gives him an advantage with with his length. I think he'll have a good week. I'm going to go with Cam Young. My pick again? It is. You get the the cycle pick. So the next two picks come from between 40 and 60 to 1. Which now that we're looking at it, wow, that is a smaller range than I thought. So I'm gonna yeah, propose yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna propose roster. an addendum. I'm gonna propose an addendum because we all picked below 30 to 1. I'm gonna propose that we up this to like we change this from 35 like to 35 to 60 because there's a ton of guys at 35 that I think open up this range more. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Gosh, so many names here. 35 is Sung Jay, Victor Hovland. Hmm. Patrick Please allow, allow Max to go down the leaderboard a little bit here. Oh, it could sprinkle a little Patrick Reed. That's interesting. <laughs> um, I, would, I would pay you a dollar to pick Patrick Reed. Kepka. I'll go with – no, Tiro Haddon hates the course. I'm going to go with <laughs> – I'm going to go with – if it gets soft, I'm going to go with Hideki. Give me Hideki. Yeah. Give me Hideki. Yeah, you told me you've been monitoring him. Yeah, he's monitoring. He's he's a sleeper cell. We'll, we'll we'll continue to monitor. Monitor. You think he's getting the text? What 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 what's appealing you to Hideki? What's what what's making you monitor the situation? Well, if it's going to be soft, he went on a run that gave him that big lead going to the final round last year when it when the horn blew and it got softer, um, and he ended up winning a, in a tournament that was affected by weather, affected by rain. Um, obviously, hits it. At, a mile in the air, great ball striker. It's his long irons incredibly, which if it's soft, you're going to have to hit a lot of long irons. If there's 
fairway woods incredibly. So yeah, I think um, I think he's gonna. You know, I think he'll have a good week. I could see him getting a T eight. So I dig it, Deej. My guy's right there, thirty five to one. Sam Burns. Yes, he is. Yes, coming off a win. This is disrespectful. He stared down Scotty three weeks ago. What's he doing here? Thirty-five to one. You got to make a statement. I feel like I have to. Mm, I like Hovland too, but I'm going to say Burns. Yeah, I go to you into it. Let's go. I don't think I don't think I defected you in any way, but I'm going to take credit. Yeah. Any any, any logic behind it other than being your guy or? That's was, my guy. Get, He's coming off coming off a win. The floor. He's got to perform in a major at some point. So that's very fair. Um, man, I don't know how much I love anybody left in this range. Uh, hmm. All right, let's look here at who's left. Okay, my first pick, especially if it's going to be soft. Conditions are going to be a little. It's going to rain for most of the week. I'm going to pick Sung J M. Good pick. I think he's shown flashes at this course before. I think he has multiple top tens. Um, he feasted in the Fall Masters when everything was a little bit softer and slower, uh, and the scores got really low. Um, and I'm going to pick Corey Connors for my second one. I really didn't. I don't love picking like the chalky sleeper picks. I think that a lot of the times if the entire internet convinces itself that one guy at 30 to one is going to win, he's probably not going to win. But I think that he's his course history and his recent form are too good at like round four to not take him. Right. Makes sense. Right. DJ, DJ. Next, right? So a lot of guys I like still like, I like Zally, obviously. Yeah, pee on one bush, DJ. Come on. <laughs> Give me Victor Hovland. All right. No reasoning. He's, I mean, his talent level is through the roof. I've liked him all year. He's, he's, hey. yeah. You, you never know. Maybe this is the year that he hits 70 greens in regulation and wins by 12. <laughs> yeah. I would not be mad. Hey. Didn't, um, didn't you just pick Sam Burns? Or do you get two picks in the this tier? You get you get two picks in this tier. Uh, three and four are in the same tier, and then uh, five five is like your post sixty to one long right, shot. Right, 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 right. Okay, that makes sense. So I yeah I picked him and Connors in this tier. Right. Okay. So I'm gonna pick Kepka. Hmm. To go with Fleetwood, screw it. Give me Kepka. Ah, he's pissed, he's, he's pissed off. I'll have a good week. Like, it, don't, it, I I hate poo pooing his his resume. Like, the guy's a four time major winner. He's played well at Augusta in the past. He as like as we said minutes ago, four is so many. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So he, I don't trust. Looking at the other guys there, I don't trust Fitzpatrick's health. I don't trust Hatton's attitude. Fleetwood doesn't have a great history at Augusta. Reed, I'll pass. Um. Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good on everyone else there, really, except for Brooksy. I dig it. All right, Max, you get the first long shot on the board. Anyone above sixty to one to round out your team? 
So Minwoo Lee <laughs> downward. <laughs> Second guy right below Minwoo is kind of screaming at me. <laughs> You're looking at Tiger? <laughs> oh, God. Um, Jeez. I'm going to go with... Uh, God, all these guys are really... This is oh, there's DJ. Boy. DJ's 22 to 1. Ooh, I probably should have sprinkled on that a little bit in tier 2. Anyway, I was I was like I I I scrolled past DJ's name too quickly and I was like, where is DJ? Yeah, he is he is twenty two to one. Um, let me go with. Yeah, let's have some fun. Let's go with Sahithagala. Yeah, we are a He's, uh, uh, noted plus ten thousand. He's in plus ten thousand. His own one weakness is he can't find. Find the club face off the tee. Augustus for giving enough off the tee where you, you can play. Um, he fades it. So fade plays fade plays pretty well at Augusta historically. I know it's the holes a lot of the holes tilt right to left, but Woods, Nicholas, Spieth tends to hit a fade. Um Mikkel, I mean, I guess Mickelson hits the right to left fade. Um yeah, I think uh I think Sith might have a, you know, have a T22, something like that. I dig it. DJ. (sighs) Yeah, Tiger's right there. Coward. Your guy Keith Mitchell's right there. Tom Kim's there. I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Memory Lee, though. He's got I did. Ah, Minwoo did the, uh, Maybe one of my favorite Masters rounds of all time uh, last year with the front nine thirty, back nine forty in honor of Tiger Woods. Um, I believe uh, to quote uh, DJ Pihowski in the Langups uh, recap podcast, he showed up, had like six drinks in half an hour, put his tie on his head, and then had to Uber home. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was such an awesome round, going out in six under thirty on the back nine, and then shooting just high enough to not get invited back. Uh, but he made it back here eventually. Uh, yeah, I. if you like shot shaping at Augusta, Thagala and Minwoo are two awesome, awesome picks. Yeah. Where does that leave me? Man, I... Bryson, as DJ said, 67. Yeah, I know. Bryson could shoot a two over 69 and still be in the mix. Yeah. Um, Louis Oosthuizen guaranteed to finish second. Um, I I really want I really want photo. We're recording this Monday night. I really want to see if Sergio wears the fireball shirt to the Champions Center. Oh, I feel like the odds are at least fifty fifty that he will. Um, I don't think so. He's not that, I, or maybe he is. But I would say he's not that much of a clown. But he might. He could be. I don't know. Uh, Gordon Sargent is like a thousand to one. And oh my goodness! Come I on. feel like if you, if you're gonna pick an AM to make a cut, uh, but no, I'm I'm gonna be predictable. I'm gonna go kill a Keith. I'm gonna go uh, Keith Mitchell. Um, one of the best long games on tour. Uh, really travels well. Um, I really stared at Tom Kim. I don't know. I think Augusta isn't fully dependent on length, but I think the picking the guy who is like the short scrappy wedge player the year they lengthen the two back nine par fives is probably not intelligent. Maybe it is. Maybe he, maybe he's going to like Zach Johnson his way into this and lay up on all the par fives. and win. Um, maybe, 
but I'd like to see him play the course. <laughs> I think we didn't know who Tom Kim was 12 months ago, which is kind of insane. Um, so I'd like to see him play the course. Uh, but so that's uh, to recap, Max, you have Scotty Scheffler, Cameron Young, Hideki Matsuyama, Brooks Kepka, Sahad Fagala, DJ, Rory McElroy, Cam Smith, Sam Burns, Victor Hovland, Minwoo Lee. I have John Rahm, Jason Day, Sung J.M., Corey Connors, Keith Mitchell. Max, we are running close to your allotted time that you were supposed to be here today. I don't want to keep you too much longer, um, but I know you said that you kind of have your pick kind of penciled in a little bit. I wanted to give you the floor before you go and say who you're picking, why, and what, like if you have any uh, strong closing arguments about it. Yeah, I think I was going back and forth on this today. You know, I I want, you know, I think Scotty is going to have a great week. I think he's the deserving favorite. Rory, sentimentally, would be incredible. Uh, JT would be a great story. Second leg of the Grand Slam. Morikawa, third leg of the Grand Slam. The heart wants what it wants. Jordan Spieth, he will win the Masters. Second, Green Jacket, basically like his seventh. It's I'm going to pick him every year, and if it fails, it fails. I'll be right sometimes. It is just he can't be in he can't have this many years at Augusta and not win number two. He should have won it the first time he had a chance for number two, and he's going to make up for for 2016. Finally, he's going to defeat uh, a list. It's going to be a, a loaded leaderboard. Rory, Rom, Scheffler will be up there. Spieth's going to clip them all. He's going to win the green jacket. Little little Jordan Spieth. You heard it here first, folks. That's Max Rigo's pick. Um, I think DJ and I have both hinted at who we're picking. Should not be very very much of a surprise. But Max, thank you very much for joining us. Um, always appreciate getting to hear your thoughts, especially come big tournaments or non-big tournaments. Just appreciate your thoughts in general. But uh, thank you so much for carving out a little time. Uh, go and go enjoy watching UConn beat the tar at SDU SDSU. <laughs> Yeah. All right, guys. I uh, always appreciate it and uh, have fun. Uh, happy golf watching. Appreciate it. Same to you. Right. Thank you for coming on. All right. Cheers, boys. All right, DJ. We still got a, we still got a couple topics. I feel like we want to hit before we get going. We're not the, the night is young, man. The night is very young when you consider that it's Masters week. That's very true. Do we want to talk Rory? We didn't get to talk much Rory with Max. Yeah, we can. I mean, I feel like we got to. I feel like we did last year for a while. We did. It was uh my intro, effectively, to podcasting with you. It was just going on a 20-minute tangent about Rory McIlroy, um, which is probably the most appropriate thing that could have happened. Um, It sounds like we're both picking him. I was kind of torn, much like Max. I was torn between Scotty Scheffler and somebody else. I think the weather forecast calling for rain broke the tiebreaker in my head toward Rory. Um. Man, I just I feel like this has been building for a little bit. I think the whole major season last year has been building toward this. I think the 2022 Masters reminded Rory that majors are supposed to be fun and golf and not just like this chase of history that he's like marching on and like hoping that it goes his way. Um, I think that final round really lit him. Again, I think he's talked about how it's at the perspective of his first major again. 2022 PGA got him in the race from the start. Um, broke the Thursday curse a little bit. The U.S. Open, uh, he kept himself in it without his best game. And then the Open Championship. Ah, the Open Championship. Holding a 54-hole lead, 
um, starting the day as the guy, not just someone with a chance um, and not, not being able to seal the door. Um, it feels like each of these have progressively been getting closer. Um, granted, I think the 150th open at St. Andrews not working his direction shows that poetry is not always on Rory's side in real life. But I think this has been building for a little bit. Um, I have one concern with Rory. I think we saw at the match play, he shortened his uh, shaft of his driver, looked much more comfortable and confident with it, especially as the week went on. Uh, changed putters to a blade putter for the first time since 2018. Looked awesome with that. Um, my main concern with Rory is that we have a lot of last year was a celebration about Rory getting out of his own way at majors. I think from 2017 to 2021, it was a lot about Rory getting in his own head, not starting well, playing poorly on Thursday, being behind the eight ball, being six back all the time. And then 2022 was the first time he was like getting out of the gates and like going and getting it right out of the bat. And I think there was a mental switch in the way that he approached majors last year that stuck and really worked for him. However, I think it is a lot easier to find that mental switch in April and ride it through until July than to have July and not be in that mode for nine months and then try and bring it back. And I think we have a larger sample size that Rory will for whatever reason it is, there's a lot of conjecture. I think we both are kind of on the side that he thinks a little too much about the historical significance of what he's going for. Um, we have more evidence so far that Rory could get caught up in that and kind of like misfire his first shot. Um, not like his actual first tee shot, but like his first round, uh, get out of the gates a little slow. Are you worried at all about that? Do you think last year's form was him finding something for 2022 or do you think it's a legitimate mental switch for Rory going forward? I think he exercised some demons at, at the national last year. That final round was, if it's not for Scotty Scheffler leading by 40 strokes, he wins the tournament. I mean, he played unreal on Sunday. Um, and obviously he's continued that level of play throughout the past 365 days. I mean, I'm, I'm fairly confident in Rory this year. Obviously the whole, the narrative around Rory every year is just get past round one and see where you're at, see where you stand. And I feel like it's the same this year. If he gets past round one and he's, you know, a couple under par, kind of up there in that, you know, top 10, top 15 range, I think Rory has a, a damn good shot to win this tournament. I think we both think that because we're both picking him. Yeah, um, yeah I agree. I think that the key for Rory is going to be how he compartmentalizes off the golf course. I think he – We've talked about this ad nauseum. I think Rory can like Rory's one of the players that contends his floor is so high that he contends so often that we think he's worse under pressure than he is because he if you have six putts to win a golf tournament every year, you're just not gonna hit all six of them. Um I think when he's on the golf course and knows he's near the lead, he's one of the best players on tour. He has to be. He's won twenty three times. It's he's a prolific winner. I am concerned about what's going to happen if he gets close and how he spent. Like, I, I still think he's going to win. I would be very curious to see if he goes to bed in the final group on Saturday. Like, if he goes to bed knowing he's going to be in the final group on Sunday, how does he sleep Saturday night and what does he do for, like, the first four hours of Sunday? Because one of my most visceral memories of the Masters is 2018, like, racing home to watch MT off on the first hole 
and him just sending it into the trees way <laughs> right. Um, and he made par on that hole. It was an incredible par, but it was like, wow, you are so out of this. Um, and I didn't realize it at the time, and I think he wasn't really out of it at the time, but eventually he was. Um, I am very curious to see maybe the golfer who most openly fights his own mental, mental demons on the golf course go for something that means to him, more to him than anything else on the planet and do it when he's outside of 2019. I think this is the best he's ever played going into the Masters. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, and, and it feels like he's like legitimately peaking. 2019, I think he peaked at the players and was just still in good form. I feel like he's legitimately peaking. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't argue with you on that. So, we're both picking Rory. This can never. This can only ever go well. Yeah, it's only like we've been teasing it for the past. Yeah, we both we months. both committed to this in January. We both been yeah. sticking with it. Um. Okay. Outside of the top three, I feel like if we're both in consensus, I don't really know what else there's to talk about Rory. As interesting as he is, um, I feel like we're both kind of in agreement that I, we think he's going to be the guy. I think I think the putter switch is coming at the right time. Um, I was hesitant to say that before I saw the match play because it's not guaranteed, but new putter mojo is definitely a thing, and he definitely looked more confident with it. I think he's switching the driver at the right time. I think all of these things are happening where the initial burst of good momentum comes at Augusta rather than like at the match play or like at the Arnold Palmer and he's riding it into Augusta, all of it set up peak this week. And I think that's been a different for me. And then it's going to rain and Rory loves the rain. He loves when it's softer conditions. He loves when you can go out there and make birdies. I think Augusta is not going to be as defensive as it typically is. Rory's going to be able to play offense this week with the rain. Um, so I'm really bullish, and it seems like you're really bullish as well. Outside oh, yeah. of the top, outside of the top three names, is Jordan Spieth number four on your board? Is he the, outside of the top three? Is he the top guy for you, or are you looking at somebody else? It feels like he's got to be. I mean, that obviously has won here before. I mean, yeah, I feel like he's got to be number four. Especially, I would I mean, agree. He's got the Easter Sunday mojo mm-hmm. coming in. So. If we're talking about players to win, I would agree. If we are talking about who is going to play well, like if I had to power rank them on like a fantasy leaderboard, I would have Jason Day fourth. Um, I don't see a world where Jason Day wins his first PGA Tour event in like seven years at the Masters. I don't see a world where that happens. I do see a. I don't see a world where he's outside the top fifteen either. So I think again, it depends on what you're prioritizing. If you're ranking who you think can win, I think Spieth. If you're ranking who you think will finish in the top ten, Jason Day. Now, one of the biggest uh, one of the big specters hanging over the week. This is the first major where Liv has really been a fully established tour. Yeah. There's what eight and, guys in the field this week. Yep. Those eighteen live guys include notably Phil Mickelson, Sergio Garcia, Dustin Johnson, all past champions, and Cameron Smith, who has a runner-up in a third place in the last three Masters. Um, you picked Cam Smith, so I feel like I know what your answer is going to be to this. You kind of took the wind out of my sails a little bit, DJ. Outside of Cam Smith and DJ. So I'm taking away the two easy ones. I'm taking away the guy who won it three years ago, and I'm taking away the guy who has two top threes here. What live guy, if any, do you think you should watch out for this week? 
That's a tough question. I mean, I mean, the next guy on the besides DJ and Cam Smith, the next guy, the next live guy on the the odds list on DraftKings is yeah, uh, Kepka. Thirty-five. Uh, I missed Kepka, and then it's Patrick mm -hmm. Reed. So, yep. I, I mean, after those three guys, it's a big drop off. I mean, obviously Kepka, a uh, four-time major champion. I mean, I think he. He he can step up and win this tournament, and it, I don't think it would surprise anybody. He's got the game to win it. He's played very well here before. Other than that, I mean, obviously, I'm not going to take par 67, uh, DeChambeau. I mean, yeah. Other than that, there's not really anybody I'm looking at. I mean, obviously, Patrick Reed or uh, Phil Mickelson and uh, Sergio Garcia are also past champions here, but the game's just not there. I think Phil finished like 47th and Sergio finished 46th in the live tournament this week. So the game's just not there. And then Abraham answered, you know, I'm previously my favorite golfer before he left to live. Has played well here before, but not really, not truly contended. So yeah, other than those, you know, like three, four guys, I think live is going to be a non-factor. I want the record to show. I don't know if he's going to hear this now. I want the record to show. Max te just texted me. I can't believe I picked Spieth. I've been so disciplined all week about picking Scotty, and at the buzzer, I just went goblin mode. So <laughs> <laughs> we are immediately getting buyer's remorse on the Jordan Spieth pick. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't really – I'm going to be honest, this is kind of a trick question for you because I asked it knowing that you would ask me how I feel, and my answer is none of them. I don't fear Kepka and I don't fear Reed. And I think those are the only other two that have the game to like make any noise. A win, yeah. Um, I think Kepka, I, I would have had more faith in Kepka. Like the form means something to me for sure, and he's won twice this calendar year. I believe we're in the last like five starts or something. But it would have meant more to me if Kepka like won twice last year and then been playing poorly so far this year. But I feel like Kepka needs to like fuel himself a little bit with like some kind of narrative. And I think he burned his card like a week too early. I think the whole, whole world's gonna be like, yeah, Kepka, and he's just not gonna be able to summon it um, in the same way. Um, and then Reed, I don't care. I don't care. If, I don't care what logic there is. I'm not picking him. Like I don't. I think his performance, as much as he has the game to fit Augusta, the performance he had when he won was such a standard deviation, like putting performance. Like that he needs to have like one of the all time putting weeks to contend at Augusta. That was what he needed when he won. So I don't really fear any of the live guys. I am willing to get burned and see how they do. I think this is going to be a big case study for whether or not the less common 54 hole events sharpen you as much as a full PGA tour slate. Um, maybe Kepka can summon it as like something to prove about Liv and something to prove about his capability to win a major period. But I, I'm just not seeing it with any of them, man. I'm not. That's fair. I mean, I think Cam Smith could. I mean, obviously he's outside outside of, DJ. outside of Cam and DJ. Outside of Cam, yeah, outside of Cam and DJ, I don't really see. Um. Even Cam Smith, I think this is an interesting debate that I saw. Um, I forget. It might have been no laying up again that, like, first posed this of, like, for most of his career before last season, 
Cam Smith was like a top 25 player in the world, according to Data Golf. And then he elevated himself to a top three player in the world. And then so far this year, he's back to about 25th. And I think Chris Solomon from the Lillian Hub was the first one to pose the question of like, maybe this is just who he is. Like maybe last year was just him getting ridiculously hot with his short irons and his putter, which is statistically not the most sustainable way to contend at golf tournaments. Um, I wouldn't bet on that. I'm not saying that Cam Smith is bad or he's not a top 10 player in the world, but it's not like he's not, he's lower and like he might be the, I think he's the only golfer on like live uh, that's like route, like ranked, like that's worth conjecture that is higher in the official world golf rankings than the data golf rankings. Like the tournaments that he won last year are still boosting his rank in a way that data golf says his current play does not deserve in live events. And yeah. if I can pull up how he's been playing, he's down to 20th in the data golf rankings. He's six in the official world golf rankings. Um, since he joined live. So after the FedEx cup playoffs, he finished T four at Boston and one in Chicago in his first two starts since then. T41, T21 hasn't played, uh, didn't play to end the 2022. Uh, he won the Australian PGA Championship in November, uh, finished, missed the cut at the Australian Open, missed the cut at the Saudi International, finished sixth in Mayakoba, 26th in Tucson, 29th in Orlando. This is a very mixed bag right now coming out of Camp Smith. Um, and I don't really think. That's just hard. I it, the course the course history says a lot, so I'm not like I'm not fully against him, but I'm I don't think Cam Smith is in nearly the same form that he was in last year, um, and I don't think he's as safe a bet as a lot of people. And I wouldn't say a lot of people think. Cause I feel like people are kind of coming around on it, but like. I don't know, man. I'm not fully. I, I I would bet on DJ before I bet on Cam Smith showing up this week, and maybe that burns me. It probably will, but this is going to be a big case study for a lot. Uh, I think I will be the first one to say I'll be the first one to put my hand up and say I have no idea what I'm talking about when it comes to the live guys, because no one does. We haven't seen it before yet, and so anyone who tries to say they know what's going to happen with live is lying. Yeah, that's fair. I am excited to see how they perform. Obviously, 54 holes not playing nearly as much. It's going to be very, very interesting to see how they perform. Um, I feel like there's, a, I mean, a world of other things we could talk about. Um, I mean, what do you, where do you want to go next? I got some, I mean, we could go down the leaderboard a little bit. I got some, some, Kind of deep, deep guys that I want to talk about. Some tiger props that I've seen. Ooh, just, okay. Just a bunch of fun stuff. We should we should go tiger first. All right, let's do tiger. So DraftKings has tiger an entire tiger at Augusta odds list. It has it has hole in ones on all the par threes, which I mean we we don't really need to touch those. Um. <laughs> Uh, Tiger Give me Woods, one on all of them, whatever that parlay is. You'd be a rich man. 
You'd be a very rich man. Um, I guess we'll start with, there's really two that, I mean, are worth talking about. Um, Tiger Woods, any bogey-free round. This is this is DraftKings. I also have Bet MGM pulled up, which has a little bit more. Um, let's. Uh, I'll actually stick with Bet MGM. We can talk about all of them. We know he's plus seven thousand to win on DraftKings. Top five is plus eleven hundred. Top ten is plus five hundred. Top twenty is plus two twenty five. So, I mean, what are your expectations for Tiger this week? Obviously, plus. I feel like plus 500 for a top 10 is – that's a lot lower than – I think the only bet that speaks to me is like a top 25, Um, and I'm even wary about that. I think Tiger is going to exceed expectations Thursday and Friday. Um, I am wary I, – I have – I wouldn't say no doubt. I think Tiger makes the cut. I think – it's top 50 in ties. There are only 89 men in the field. 15 of them are like ceremonial past champions and six of them are amateurs that aren't really going to make a shot. So like realistically tigers in a field of 75 to 70 guys playing for 52 some odd spots. I think you can make a cut pretty emphatically. Um, I wouldn't be disappointed if he didn't again, the expectation of the tiger, like the only disappointment is the tiger gets hurt. I think he makes the cut. I, we haven't seen evidence of Tiger being able to keep up the ball speed for four days. Last year at the majors, it was made the cut Thursday, Friday, looked good, showed up Saturday and looked gassed. Just all the swing speed was gone. Um, very clearly hobbling around a lot more this year, Riviera, um, kind of a surprise start, made the cut battled almost like fringe contention for a second, uh, had a great Saturday round Sunday. Didn't have the juice. Um, this is not the right way. If you're trying to like win money, this is not the right way to approach it. But as a like thinker, I typically like to see a little bit of evidence of something before I bet on it. Um, I would like to see Tiger show up on a Sunday and even just look like he like look 95% of the player that he looked like on Thursday before I'm comfortable, like making any legitimate leaderboard bets on where he's going to end up. I wouldn't be surprised if this is the week where we see that, but I also wouldn't be surprised if with his current leg situation, we never see that again. And so I, I think tiger make the cut is a very safe pick. I don't really think anything beyond that. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, he's, he's favored to make the cut everywhere. Um, I mean, top 20 at plus 225 is – it's all right. But he loves this course. I mean, I, I mean, I think it would be shocking if he was top 20, but it wouldn't be something that absolutely nobody saw coming. Um, but, yeah. Um, you just want to, you know, talk about some – I mean, there's a couple other, like, prop kind of things we could talk about. I, I'll pose this question to you since it's a – okay. I was I was gonna I was gonna give you the floor on props right now. I think we, we have a couple other guys we can be like who do you like better, this or this, but like I was gonna give you the floor on like props. I've been I I did a story for a golf ball a couple of years ago where it was a bunch of different props, but I can't really find as many props this year. Um oh here we go. I'm gonna send you this link. 
you can pick uh it gives you the list of guys by country or by nationality um and it gives you the odds for all of them so i think that'll be a fun one to talk about and then i do want to talk about all the am not not talk about all the amateurs but pick our low am because i know who i'm picking can we, can we start there because i think we're gonna pick the same guy for low am i think i mean i'm taking the homer pick on low end oh okay we're not picking the same guy but you go first and then i'll shut you down i mean i'm taking ben carr georgia boy okay Prince cool Southern. you are wrong i have to <laughs> i know I you have, have to. to i mean that's my guy I, I totally get it. I totally get it. And Ben Carr is very, very good at golf. It's hard to make a cut at Augusta. I wouldn't be surprised if he's sniffing around it on the weekend. DJ Gordon Sargent might finish in the top 20. <laughs> he might, like, contend. He had yeah. a six iron into 11. Um, or no, he's hitting, he had a six iron into 13, even with the length, and is hitting it 20 yards past DJ consistently. Yeah, I mean, it... it... Like, the smart pick is Gordon Sargent. I, I know that. <laughs> ben Carr's probably not the even top three smartest picks. But I but mean, you know what? I support it. And the smartest picks never always – the smartest picks are not always right. But Data Golf has Gordon Sargent as the 90th best golfer on the planet right now. <laughs> on the planet. You know who he's ranked That's above? Absurd. Hold on. Let me find the Data Golf rankings. Gordon Sargent is ranked one spot above – where is he now? Oh, he's 98th. He's one spot above Honorbon Lahiri and one spot below Lucas Herbert. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a PJ Tour at all. That's, the, that's the tier of player he is currently in. Also, fun fact, Steve Stricker is 89th. Really? Yeah. Has Steve Stricker been playing – I mean, obviously, has he been playing super good golf? Uh, let's read off his Champions Tour results, uh, PGA Tour Champions results. I forgot he was on the Champions Tour. Yes, he has. Yes, he is. Um, uh, his finishes so far this season on the PGA Tour Champions, uh, or his finishes going back to May 15th of last year, the region's tradition. Actually, no, I'll go back. Since October 10th, 2021, which... I believe was it was not his first start on the Champions Tour. But since then, I don't know. He won the start before this. Okay, since June 27, 2021, he won the senior players. Since then, T7, T2, T10, win, T8, T11, second, second, T21, win, third, win, 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 T2, T8, T2, T5. Jesus Christ. <laughs> this guy has won six tournaments and has... Five other runner-ups since last June or uh, in the last two years on this tour. So yeah, Steve Stricker's playing good golf, but Steve Stricker is the 89th best golfer on the planet right now according to the Golf. But yeah, uh, Gordon Sargent is uh, probably going to like Gordon Sargent's not even like could he make the cut? Is like will probably make the cut. Yeah, he got a special invite that hasn't happened since Aaron Baddeley. Yeah, I mean Gordon Sargent is. A monster. I think we talked about the tournament a couple of weeks ago where Bandy won by like a ridiculous beat a team by like 90 strokes. I mean, he yes, yes, they did. Absurd. Yeah, Gordon Sargent is quite, quite best player on that Bandy team. Yeah, 
But I'm not going to get to talk about a Georgia Southern golfer in the Masters very often. So I needed to and take And you should. You should. All right, DJ, which nationality bet do you want to start off with first? Um, do you just want to go in order what they have? Start with American and then um, I guess, I mean, do you want to do European or do you just want to divide? Well, I was going to say we could, the... we could probably skip. I was going to say we skip American and European because I feel like we're both in like the Scotty Scheffler Rory vote. Yeah. I feel like you're picking top American and top European. You're effectively like getting a winner odd for like a, like half as much. Yeah. I so mean, you want to start with you want to start with Canadian and then go over from there. Well, do you want to do you want to do English? Because Rory's not an English. Okay, English. True. We can do Englishman. There's only there's only it, five of them. Miss Matthew this is true. Patrick, Ter- uh, Terrell Hatton, Tommy Fleetwood, Justin Rose, and Danny Willett, former champion. Um. I mean, I feel like we're both going to end up going Matthew Fitzpatrick. You're not going Matthew Fitzpatrick? No, he hasn't been playing well, man. Where is he? He's 18th in data golf rankings. He has, since the Pebble Beach Pro-Am, he's gone miscut, T29, miscut, T14, miscut, miscut, T31. Yeah. Um, he's probably the best Englishman, so like I can't fault you. Um, I'm gonna pick Justin Rose against my better hmm. judgment. Uh, I really thought I really thought I was gonna pick Tyrrell Hatton. I think his wrist injury at the match play scares me a little bit. Uh, Justin Rose has a. I I thought I thought I was gonna pick Tommy Fleetwood until I looked more at the numbers. Um, Justin Rose has great course history at Augusta. Obviously, nearly won in 2017. Um. Let's look at his master's results real fast. Uh, missed cut last year, but before that, um, T12 in 2018, 7th uh, in 2021. Where are you here? Um, T2 in 2015 behind Spieth, 2nd in 2017. Uh, T8 in 2012, T5 in 2007. And he has a win. Since his win at Pebble, he hasn't been that good, but he played really well at Sawgrass. Um he was struggling with his driver for a second for the initial parts of the Florida swing and the end of the California swing, but it seemed like he figured it out near the end of the Florida swing. Um, none of his problems feel like they're really super consistently bad, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. Like he's had a couple weeks where like his chipping is bad or his driver's bad, but nothing is like staying bad and like a concerning trend. So I think he's playing well and he's got a course history. I'm going to go with Justin Rose, especially at the value of, what is he? Uh, thirty-three to like uh, plus three thirty, a little over three, a little over three to one. Uh, I take Justin Rose. I really wanted to pick Terrell Hatton, but I just I just can't do it. And then we can we can skip. let the record show. Last time I picked Terrell Hatton, he hurt his hand and immediately ejected. So <laughs> I really I I can't morally bring myself to pick him at this point. And then we can skip Great Britain and Ireland. We're both going Rory there. Yes. Yes, we are. Well, we're, we're, this is true. Uh, <laughs> do you want Corey? I'll give you a, another bet. Corey Connors or the field? Corey Connors. Yes, I agree. I'm glad we're in agreement there. Are you, are you sure you don't want Mike Weir at 16 to 1? Uh, I think I'm all right there. I would agree. All right. Top Asian player. This is a fun one. 
This is a fun one. There's six guys. I, four of them, I feel like, are the ones we're going to be With, talking about. I agree. Sung J.M., uh, Hideki Matsuyama, Tom Kim, Siwoo Kim, K.H. Lee, and then I don't want to butcher the name. Kazuki Higa. Kazuki Higa, yes, indeed. Okay. Those are the six guys. Ryan, who, who are you picking here? I mean, I have Sung Jae on my team. True. He is the betting favorite. Um, I think if you're telling me from a betting perspective, I think I would bet Siwoo Kim. At, uh, plus 350, three and a half to one. Um, he's played well at Augusta in the past, probably better than you would expect. Um, he also had the year we had to putt with a wood because he broke his putter, which was sick. Um, he did, he was like, I think he was like three back on Sunday and just like shattered his putter and had the putt with a three wood coming into the clubhouse and still finished in the top 10. So for that reason and that reason alone, I feel like I have to pick Siwoo Kim. Um, but yeah, he's a T24, a T21, a 12th. Um, so three top 25s at Augusta. Um, he's mercurial enough that I think he, out of the guys outside of the top like 20 in the world, I think he's one of the guys that has like the high end ceiling that could win the major. I don't think there are many players outside the top 20 in the world that have the ceiling of being able to win a major, but he's shown that like when his, when he's on, he is on, he is the yeah. microwave man. Um, so I would like from a betting perspective, value wise, I would pick Siwoo Kim. But if you're asking me who I think will, will be the low Asian player, I think it's Sung JM. That's fair. I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go Hideki Matsuyama, former champion. Uh, Ryan drafted him to his team. He's found a little bit of form this year already. All right, Max. Yeah. Hold on a second here. In a minute. I was yeah, just saying, you can't, yeah, let's associate that. I, 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 I love Hideki, but I can't take credit for that one. Yeah, I'm going Hideki here. All right. Um, I believe, uh, unless you have a different answer. So because you didn't pick them, uh, low South Korean. I'm skipping mm. a couple over. Uh, Continental European, I think we're just both saying John Rahm, unless you want to say Victor Hovland to sound fun. Um, I'm taking John Rahm. Yeah, okay. I figured that was pretty unanimous. Uh, 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 it is nuts that John Rahm is the odds-on favorite to be the low continental European. That is ridiculous. Um, But low South Korean. Give me Tom Kim. Dig it. It's my guy. I got to. I dig it. All right. Low rest of the world. Uh, this This is a fun one. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I agree. So this includes uh includes Australia. Uh what are the it has Canadian, uh Japanese, South Korea. I South believe Africa. this is everyone who is not American or European. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have Jason Day as the favorite, Cam Smith, uh Sung J M, Corey Connors, Minwoo Lee. It's one of the ones as I've been mentioned, Joaquin Neiman, Abraham Answer. Um I keep going. I feel like we're both going to pick, be picking somebody from that tier of guys. I agree. And I, I feel like we're both going to go Jason Day. 
Yeah. Again, if you were asking me from a betting perspective, I would sprinkle something on Minwoo Lee and Siwoo Kim, who are 11 and 16 to 1, just because I think their ceiling is high enough that those odds don't reflect their chances of like, when you're talking about low rest of the world, you're not saying who's going to have a good week. You're like, who is going to finish in the top five? And I think Minwoo Lee and Siwoo Kim have higher bust potential, but I think they have higher chances of like, this guy might finish in the top five if he wakes up and has a good day on Thursday and just rides it. Um, so I think, like, from a betting strategy point, I would l- sprinkle a little on those two, but I, I would pick Jason Day to be the low rest of the world guy. Which means I think we're both picking him as low Aussie. Yeah, I mean, I think we got to. I agree. Well, I mean, Cam Smith's an Aussie. I forgot. Forgot. That's on me. How dare you. Our, our massive Australian audience is going to be so upset. <laughs> yeah. Um. If you are Australian and listen to this, I do deeply apologize. That was rude. Anywho, um, DJ, I want to go down the odds a little bit here. Do you have any deep cuts? I think I want to go back and forth, maybe share three best bets, maybe for like top 10 guys. If you any top 10 bets that are uh four to one or higher, so like Tyrrell Hatton or down, or you know what? No, I'm gonna make that's too easy. Five to one or higher. So Min Woo Lee down. Top ten bets that you think are on your radar a little bit, or top guys who could finish higher that aren't really up on the odds board. Min Woo Lee down. Let me get back to the to the list here. Your guy Keith Mitchell is there. That's a tempting one. Um. Our, our sleeper from last year, Russell Henley's there. Yeah, the one that you like nearly strangled me because I picked him before you could. Yeah. You're like, DJ was, for those who don't remember, DJ was texting me all week. He's like, yo, I have a sleeper, like a guy that's like, down the board that I think could like legitimately win. And I was like, wow, like DJ, DJ's really found like a diamond in the rough. And then I think, I think our process shows the fa- fallacy that we both look at the same sets of numbers to make our picks. And so <laughs> I had the first pick in the fifth round. And I was like, I really like Russell Henley. And DJ like starts swearing. I'm like, I'm muted. Like, he's like <laughs> so upset. It's like, oh, man. Because if y'all don't remember, Russell Henley was playing out of his freaking mind coming into the Masters last year. He was. Everyone loved Russell Henley. He opened at like 70 to 1 and ended the week like 32 to 1 because everyone was just like, ah, oh, Russell Henley. Hmm. I got one. Sitting at uh plus seven fifty for a top what is that top five or top top ten. Um Keegan Bradley has played pretty well this year, has a win this year at the Zozo. Um and has played pretty well outside of just a couple tournaments, but I mean Keegan Bradley as, uh, let me um, let me look more into this. All right. He can probably play well this year. Um, that's really all I got. Is that he's well, played well? He's, he has. He's only played one Masters in the last five years, so there's not really much history to go off of here. That's nuts. And he, that's really was, strange. It was 2019. He had a T43. So not the best uh, history at Augusta. But um, 
or best pitcher at Augusta recently. But yeah, he's been playing well this year. Former PJ champion. Yeah, and looking back at it, he's never played well at Augusta. Wow. But yeah, I'm going Keegan Bradley as one of my deep, deep sleeper picks. I'm going to go Tom Hoagie is the first name that jumps off the board to me. Um, mm -hmm. And maybe one of the best iron players in the world, uh, 27th in data golf rankings. There's a very specific pattern in Tom Hoagie's uh, numbers. So if you look in his last 25 starts, he has to make sure I'm counting this right. 11 missed cuts. And four top fives. If he gains more than two strokes with his irons, he finishes in the top five emphatically. Like he has a sweet spot. He typically gains about one and a quarter stroke around with his irons, at least recently, maybe a little over one stroke around with his irons. Um, absolute bully with his irons in his hands. Um, if he if he has like an upper percentile week, gains over two strokes around with his irons, he finishes in the top five. If he gains less than half a stroke around, he typically misses the cut. But his proximity to the hole um, in like the 175, the 200 range is like multiple feet better than the next best golfer. I know I know. I looked this up at the players. Let me see what the proximity stats are now. Um, because when I, I like my, and again, TPC, he like opened with a 78 and finished third. Third, DJ shot 62 on Saturday at Sawgrass. That's absurd. You know, you know how hard that course is? It's a hard course. Yeah. Um, yeah, let me look. There was one specific category, like one distance bucket. I believe it was 175 to 200 that he, again, he's leading the tour in strokes gained approach. I think he was, I think he led the tour in strokes gained approach last year. Um, dum dum. Let's see. All right. Proximity from 175 to 200 yards. Brendan Steele is currently leading. So, hand up there. Uh, I'll take that one. I don't know if Brendan Steele had enough rounds to qualify last time I looked. But. Okay. Well, never mind. I was thinking about the wrong distance bucket. But Tom Hoagie's a menace with his irons. If he gets hot with him, he's guaranteed to finish in the top five. Iron play is a very, very essential skill for the Masters. It's something that's tested very heavily. You not only need to be in the right green, not only be on the green, you need to be in the right tier of the green. So I think if you're looking for a guy who could have a high ceiling week, it's Tom Hoagie. I like it. My next deep, deep guy, I, you mentioned him or a major last year. I don't remember which one it was. Um, The best course fit, according to Data Golf. And it's played okay. Uh, two top 20s and a T27 in the past uh, month on the PJ Tour. Performance in the cut last week. Ryan Fox. Ooh, I like this a lot. Has never played Augusta, which I... Thought he was in the field last year, but he wasn't. Um, it's kind of a wild card, but I like Ryan Fox. Yeah, no, again, another guy who 
just beats the tar out of the ball and isn't mm-hmm. super accurate. Um, I love that as a comp. If you're looking at other names that fit the course, Gordon did a golf, uh, Rory, Minwoo, Jordan Spieth, Sam Burns. Huh? Huh? It's my guy. Uh, who I, be- I believe you picked to win the Masters at the end of the Match Play podcast. I think you also picked Cam. <laughs> I think you also picked Cam Young and me. <laughs> I think you're just picking everybody. Yeah. Uh, DJ gave out like seven green jackets at the end of the <laughs> Match Play podcast. Um, John Rahm, Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson. If you're good at golf, you're you'll like Augusta. I'm just what this That's true. Yeah, DJ's uh, DJ knows that I have I have access to all these like sound bites. So he's like making sure like oh, whoever wins, I'm gonna be like, hey Ryan, remember this show at this time? I said that this guy was gonna be in the green jacket, um, and then we're gonna go viral. So DJ's really looking out for us. Um, man, I don't. Do you have any other any other sleepers down the board? Um, I think maybe one other name, and then I think we're gonna. Power forward. Let me look at. Let me let me look at one more guy. We we did we did pick our like down the board options. We've already talked Keith Mitchell. We've already talked Tom Kim. We've already talked Min Wu. Um, we just mentioned Tom Hoagie. We talked Figala. We talked Keegan Bradley. These are kind of a lot of guys that I like. Um, while you're looking, uh, Kirk Kitayama. That's who I would. I just pulled up his. PJ Tour profile. Yep. Uh, I think he's second in the data golf query tool in terms of play over the last 30 days. Iron play is incredible. He's riding a hot putter. Um, sneaky long off the tee. Wouldn't expect it. Um, but Kirk Kodiyama has been playing really, really well. T like made it all the way to the quarterfinals of the match play. Really ran into a buzzsaw with Cam Young. Won the Arnold Palmer. Uh, second at the CJ Cup in uh, Congaree in October. Uh Downside, outside of those three weeks, he has done nothing good. He's missed a lot of cuts and finished outside the top 25 a lot. But yes. if Kirk Kitayama shows up, he is very, very good. And two of those two of those recent high-profile, I'm willing to acknowledge that he won the Arnold Palmer in a really stressful fashion, showed up like the next day at TPC Sawgrass and just had nothing left in the tank. I'm willing to excuse that one. And if you're willing to excuse that one, especially with how strange of a course TPC Sawgrass is. He's like outside of the players. He's in his first and T fifth in his last two starts in like big fields. So Kirk Kodiyama, trending. Uh, I, I, one of those guys that I think his public profile is inflating his odds more than they deserve. He's one thirty to win one thirty to one to win. I wouldn't really bet him to win, but he's 22 to one for a top five and uh, eight and a half to one for a top 10. And that feels wrong for a guy that's playing as well as Kirk Kodiyama has been playing. Yeah, I agree. Ryan Fox, twenty-eight to one, top uh, top five, ten to one, top ten. Dig it. All right, DJ. Is there anyone else you really want to talk about? I feel like there's a re- I feel like there's a chunk, like there's a range in the world golf rankings that we haven't really mentioned, and I don't know if I have anything to say on them. And I feel like it's like from Cantlay, outside of Camp Smith, from like Cantlay to like more like Tony Finau. Like four through fourteen, I really feel nothing about a lot of these guys. Um, we talked about yeah, it for I a second. Agree. Pat Cantlay, not doing anything for me right now. Um, really kind of surprised he's still up this high in the data golf rankings and the official world golf rankings. Um, hasn't been playing quietest much. Number four ever. Yes, quietest number four ever. Um, 
And if you look at the numbers, he probably is the fourth best player on the planet. But a lot of these, like third at the Genesis, T4 at the Arnold Palmer, T19 at the players, T9 at the match play, never really felt like Pat Cantley was like in any of these tournaments. <clears throat> so maybe worth like, like I, I just don't see. A, a guy. I don't, I don't, Cam please, Young please. at 14. Okay. I dig it. Got Paul, got Paul to on the bag. Um, almost won the match play a couple weeks ago. Um, has played well in majors um, over the past uh, year and a half, year and a half-ish that he's been on the tour. Um, missed the cut here, but then had a T3 at the PGA and uh, second at the Open. Um, and it looked like Tesori unlocked something in Cam Young a couple weeks ago, and it would not surprise me. Obviously, he hasn't won on the, on the tour yet, but if Cam Young is in the final two or three groups on Sunday, I don't think I would be surprised. Yeah, I think the rule of like, I think there's a general rule in golf that you need to win somewhere before you win a major. I think a guy like Cam Young having the experiences and contention that he's had kind of negates that rule a little bit. Yeah. I think being in contention in multiple majors and not really wilting, just kind of getting beat by somebody. Um, I think it changes the math. I think he's more ready for that moment than a lot of other people who are without a win on the PGA Tour. And so it wouldn't shock me in the slightest if he breaks through and he breaks through by winning. Yeah, I agree. Um, Last question, last real like prop-esque question I wanted to ask. Um. Most likely to win their first major this week. They got a couple options up at the top of the board. Cantley, as we just mentioned, Max Homa, Xander Shoffley, Will Zalatoris, Victor Hovland, Sam Burns, Tony Finau, Cam Young. Who do you think is the most likely to win their first major title this week, Deej? Uh, I don't know. I might have just convinced myself into Cam Young. I think that's a great pick, candidly. Um, I mean, I, you got the two major heavy hitters, him and both out tours have just been money in majors the past, you know, year or two. But I think with Paul Tesori, um, who knows what he's doing? I think Cam Young is probably most likely in my mind to get his first major. I would agree. Um, I'm going to go a different direction. I'm going to go Max Homa. I like it. And I don't – this is another one of those picks I don't really know how to feel about um, because his major record, um, as someone who enjoys Max as a presence in the world of golf and someone who, like, tends to end up pulling for him when he's in contention, Max's major record is abysmal for a guy who's risen his, risen his caliber of player as much as he has in the last year. So, yeah, I mean, Max Homa is. You're really gambling on the fact that Max Homa, I'm sorry, I cut you off, but like you're really gambling on the fact that Max Homa has become a different tier of player each of the last three seasons on the PGA Tour. Um, if you're looking at his overall career summary, uh, he was gaining 
Uh, he went from a net neutral player on the PGA Tour in 2019 to gaining about three quarters of a stroke in 2020 and 2021 to gaining about a like 1.4 strokes around in 2022 to gaining about two strokes around in 2023. I think you are gambling. Like he's missed two cuts at the Masters and finished T48. Um, looking at the other his res other results in majors, um. Sorry, I need to click some buttons for these. So open, open, and yeah. Okay. Looking at his other results in majors, he has one top 40. Eight missed cuts in 15, or in uh, eight missed cuts in 13 major appearances. He has one top 40 at last year's PGA. Um, the gamble with Max Home is that you think he's a different tier of player than he was before. And I think that he is, but I don't know if I've seen the evidence of it. I don't really feel comfortable picking any first time major champion this week. Um, I think we talked about this. Before. I was kind of on your side on the whole, like, is it top three of the field? I think the only winners that I can feasibly see right now are Scotty Scheffler, John Rahm, uh, Jordan Spieth and Rory McIlroy. Um, I think those are the only four guys that I can really see. And even Spieth, I'm not 100% sold. Um, but if I'm going to pick a guy, I'm going to pick the guy that's won twice already this year and five times in the last three seasons. And his iron game is the strength of his game. Uh, he's got a really consistent swing. He's a good putter in contention. Um, doesn't He's very clearly not intimidated by the moment. I just need to see more evidence of Max Homa rising on harder golf courses before I'm willing to say like, yes, Max almost going to contend in the major this week. Yeah. I mean, at this point in time, obviously it's, it's a very, you know, complicated conversation, but at this point in time, at least for the past few months, Max almost probably been the fourth best golfer in the world. Yeah. Outside of those yeah. top two, because obviously those guys are in tier their own. But Max Holm is right there. And, yeah, like you said, you're betting on him to finally contend in a major. But I feel like he's got to be in that conversation, obviously. And then another guy, Burns, has not competed in a major either. Not yeah. really at all. Has only played here once and missed the cut. But I'm a little more wary on Burns because Austin felt like a really hot putter week. His yeah. irons have been bad, like yeah. really bad all this season. And so I'm really wary on gambling on the irons improving. I mean, last year he was – the last two seasons he's been gaining more than uh, six-tenths of a stroke around with his irons. Um, he has one positive week since the Phoenix Open, and it was gaining a little over a quarter of a stroke around. He hasn't hit that. He hasn't hit the like six tenths of a stroke uh, per round with his irons that is like typically his average since the St. Jude Championship last year. That's right. I am just a I'm a little wary. He he went from the real difference from how he'd been playing before and how he played at the match play is he went from gaining six tenths of a stroke putting to a stroke and a half a round. Like he gained an extra stroke a day with his putter. And that was really the main difference there. So I'm a little wary picking Burns, but I know that I'm arguing uphill trying to tell you that Sam Burns is not going to play well this week. So, look, I'm probably on your side. I want to talk myself into it so bad, but 
just feels like he can't find a good week with the irons to save his life right now. And I mean, he's 175th on tour in strokes gained approach, which is pitiful. Yes, it's very, it's very not good. Um, speaking of, I want to shout out Justin Ray. Um, he's uh, doing his Q and A right now as we speak. The national championship game has just tipped off. But DJ and I's pick UConn, uh, the presumptive favorite. Uh, DJ gave himself a round of applause. Um. Thank you. DJ's doing the little uh, Miss America wave. Um, but Justin Ray reminded me of the one stat that I think really points me to Rory more than anything else uh, to double back to him because, of course, I'm going to double back to him. Um, this is Rory's best iron season since 2012. And I, I wrote this down in my like prep. I was like, oh, Rory's irons and wedges have been incredible this season compared to usual. This is really the thing that made the leap at the end of last year and it stuck like this, like his irons and wedges are like the change that happened that final round at Augusta that stuck through to the end of the year. And that was like what elevated him for the rest of the season. And it stuck around in 2023. Um, I think he's currently seventh in strokes gained approach, uh, really excels with his long irons, which I think those extended par fives are going to be a massive advantage for him. Um, if there is something that makes me confident about Rory this week, it's the fact that his iron play is so much better than usual. Because historically, iron play has been his main struggle at Augusta. Mm-hmm. He does it's not very good at hitting certain tiers of the green with a wedge. Uh, candidly, as someone who very much enjoys watching Rory McIlroy play golf, he's never met a sucker pin that he doesn't like. Um, and he will short side himself a lot. So it gives me a lot of confidence that Rory's really striking his irons as well as he is right now. And that they have been as not only as great as they've been, but as consistently great as they've been to start the season. So had a note on that. Justin Ray's Q and a reminded me on that. Shout out Justin Ray. Um, best follow on Twitter during major season. He's so good. I agree. Um, is there anything else that you really had in mind? I don't think so. I feel like we hit me almost everything. Let's see. Um, tears. Yeah. Um, I think this is everything that I've wanted to talk about. Um, I think if it's everything you wanted to talk about, uh, we can close it out. Uh, again, last note, we've hinted at it all day long. We've already said it explicitly, but. One last note, both of our picks for the week, DJ on the count of three. One, two, three. Rory, Rory McIlroy. Yes. Uh, I think this is the week that he finally gets it done with that green jacket. Um, I think we've been building towards it with his uh, major resume for a while. I think it, uh, the way he nearly won the Arnold Palmer in the match play, uh, I feel like he's kind of bubbling just below the surface, ready to explode. I think he's going to do it on the right week. So... I think it really comes down to the way he manages his own mind Tuesday and Wednesday. Yes. I think if he shows up and shoots like 35 on the front nine on Thursday, we're away and running. But if he shoots like 38, ew. Yeah. And but, if Rory wins the Masters, this podcast might talk about nothing but Rory. This If, if Rory wins the Masters... um. It might be a four-hour recap. <laughs> Talk about nothing but Rory. Yeah. Um, I was talking to a friend. God, this is going to be so unprofessional uh, when this clip ever resurfaces when I get older. Uh, if there's a sporting event that would make me, like, cry, 
I think Rory winning the Masters would probably be it. So yeah, this would be a four-hour recap podcast if Rory wins the Masters. Yeah. Uh, all right. I'm and I am getting too excited. I'm worried that I'm getting too emotionally invested in this uh, in this prediction and how much it means. A couple days out, You've I been feel I've in this since April of last year. I've been invested in this since August of 2014. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> what are we doing here? Sure, um, sure. But no, I uh, I think it's a defense mechanism as like a Rory supporter at this point to be like, yeah, I'm really excited for this week. So I feel like he's going to shoot like 74 on Thursday. But yeah, um, if that's all you have, this is all I have. Um, I'm just so excited this week is here, man. Me too. I can't wait. Best time of the year. Best best week of the year, calendar-wise. Um, but yeah, uh, thank you for listening if you've made it through this far. Um, and uh, fingers crossed that DJ and I can be right this time. Uh, fingers crossed that Max is wrong uh, because uh, I don't know if I can handle uh, both of us picking Rory and Max not and then Rory like not having a good week. But not even speaking that into existence. Um yeah, if you made it this far, thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, indulging all of our Masters fandom. And uh, we hope this tournament lives up to the hype because uh, I think we're due for a great Sunday. Yeah. I think 2019 was the last truly great Sunday. DJ, Hideki, and Scotty all kind of ran away and hid. So I think we're due for a great Sunday this year. I think we are too. All right. Thank you all for listening so much. Uh, and... Enjoy the rest of your master's week. Thank you all for listening.